Hi, welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We're very glad you're joining us today and we hope this message inspires you, builds your faith and encourages you in the things of God. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship team, Isaac, faithfully ministering and uh, coming in, practicing, taking time out, leading us into a place of intimacy with God, experiencing God's presence. What we have is precious, very precious. We have a place that we can come to without threat or fear. We can meet in peace and worship God together. And we can experience a grace in that and an uplifting in that. Amen. And there's an encouragement. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome all the, the new folks that are here this morning. God bless you. Welcome into Court Church. It's good to be here. And uh, as we are getting heading into the Christmas season in earnest, how many of you are working down your list and trying to get things done? My goodness. Uh, it just came on us so fast. And... Um, We'll be long, we'll be here celebrating on Christmas Day, another year, another year of God's faithfulness and time of remembering. Uh, the season I was reading there this morning, um, actually over the weekend, I was thinking about that verse in John where uh, John said it was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, I was just thinking about this is that season that we commemorate that. And the angels, when they announced it, uh, kind of announced what this season really brings. He said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And have you noticed around Christmas, there's just such a, there, there seems to be, in most cases, a goodwill, a goodwill. And I believe that that is something, uh, hopefully that continues. I don't know uh, with every, all the stresses that are going on in the world today, but it is around this time as we do commemorate the coming of Christ, there's an awful lot of goodwill. People are more generous, uh, people are more open, people are, are more giving, and uh, they're more attentive to people that are less fortunate, and we're so thankful. And, you know, that comes from the heart of God, whether you believe all good gifts come from Him above, the Father of lights. That's what the Bible says. So it's, a, it's an opening. It's, it's an opening during the year where there's a goodness. And uh, we're going to be talking about that this morning. I was so thankful for that song it's, a, it's going to lead us right into the, the heart of the word today. I was praying, and, uh, you know, as one does, hopefully, as one does as they prepare to get up. Um, and I was praying, and I was like, Lord, because I, I had a direction. I did. I had something that was on my heart. And I said, Lord, what would you say to your people? What would you say? I, I've, I've got, what, you know, something that I've been reading, and it's ministered to me, but what would you say uh, and so that this message is coming out of a conversation I had with the Holy Spirit, and I hope that you're blessed. But it is going to be around the goodness of God, around uh, really uh, this grappling uh, that we have to, the, this wrestling that we have uh, around God's goodness. And all of us wrestle with the goodness of God. All of us find it difficult to believe that God's will towards me is good. And that is the struggle. That is the battle of faith that Paul talks about. There's a battle. And it really comes down to this. Can I believe that God's will towards me is a good and that his heart towards me is good? 
And that's where we're going to be journeying in the Word this morning. We're going to look at John chapter 13. I'm so thankful that we, we kind of, we, I was here on today and got to share in the communion service because we're going to go back um, into that time around communion and address this, uh, you know, this issue the first time that Jesus actually gave the bread and the, the wine to his disciples. In John chapter 13, I want to minister to you this thought. It's time to throw in the towel. It's time to throw in the towel. And I want to look at one of the, one of the common mindsets. And it's a very common battle. I don't care how long you've walked with God. I don't, I don't care. You know, sometimes our maturity isn't marked in years. Unfortunately, as Christians, you could be a long time in the Lord, but very, your faith could be very small. And you could be a short time in the Lord and your faith be very mature and you're believing and you're trusting in him. Uh, but there's a common pitfall or common thing that we all deal with uh, that can lead us to a life uh, in periods of dryness, periods of disappointment, uh, periods where we lack peace and joy and uh, just being stuck in mindsets that rob us and rob the word of God of its power in our lives. And uh, this, these mindsets, or this mindset in particular, can suck the joy out of living. It can rob us of the joy that God has for each one of us, that God has a portion of joy for you. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There is something about when Christ comes in, there is a joy that comes into our life. And one of the things that we need to begin to take inventory on, if we're lacking joy and we're lacking peace in our walk with God, we need to begin to ask those questions. What's going on? What's happening? Well, there's a mindset that can set in. There's something that we can deal with as Christian that can directly affect our joy. And uh, this mindset is always in opposition to Christ. It's always against him and against his will. And it frustrates his grace. How many of you know Paul talked about frustrating the grace of God? That there, there are mindsets that, that can interfere with God's working in our life. It, it, can, it can frustrate it. It can get in and, and throw a, 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 a spanner in the works. And it can bring in with it all sorts of doubt and confusion. And, it can, and if, we're, if we're not careful, we can crouch it in spiritual terms and we can dress it up to appear uh, to be something that pleases God. Uh, it, it can take on even a, 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 a spiritual garment. And, uh, but I can tell you, as we look in the Word of God, as we're going to look in John chapter 13, that it doesn't please God. Uh, that it's something that needs to be addressed. It's something that Christ needs to put his finger on. Because if we don't, if he doesn't, and we don't allow him to put his finger on this mindset in our lives, we're not going to receive the fullness of all that is ours, all that is God has for us in the new covenant, in the gospel. Uh, matter of fact, before we can receive any revelation of the cross, any revelation of the gospel, you, you've got to be washed from this mindset. This thing has to be addressed. It's been in the heart of man since the fall. 
Something happened. This mindset took root in Adam and Eve and their children and their offspring, and it's been here ever since, and God has to address it. And, and without cleansing from this stubborn root, this, this, this mindset, Jesus himself says this, you can have no part of him. Wow. Jesus says, if, if you don't allow me to wash this mindset out of you, you can't have any part of me. You've got to let me deal with this area. You've got to let me deal with that stubborn root. And I'm talking about this awful root of unbelief that tells you that God can't minister to you, that tells you it isn't in the heart of God to be good to you personally. To be good to you personally. It is a deep, deep doubt in the truth that God wants to bless you deeply on a personal level. We sang that song there, and I'm glad that we did. God's goodness is running after me. How many of you know that's biblical? Psalm 23 says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. How many days of my life? All the days of my life. That's what the scriptures say. So God's goodness is pursuing you personally, personally. It's easy to believe that for someone else, God's goodness is towards them. But God wants to deal with you personally this morning. He wants to have a conversation with the Holy, by the Holy Spirit and through the Word. He wants to say to you, come and let's reason together. Because there's some things I need to talk with you about on a personal level. I want to minister to you. I want to, I want to bless you and your family and your future. I want to be involved in your life personally in a very real way. And folks, I want to tell you something. One reason I believe the Holy Spirit led me to this is because I had recently in one area of my life succumbed to believing that there was, there were, there was a place that God wasn't going to bless. And it's the area of, a, of my family. I'm not going to go into details, but there was something happening in my family back home that was, it was like a dark cloud that had, that had come in. There was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of pain. There was deep-rooted anger and bitterness and infighting, and our family was absolutely split apart. And I thought, you know what? That's one area that I don't believe that God wants to be personally good to me or my family in. I believe that, that you know, these mindsets are prevailing, and I had just thought, you know, what's going to happen is that these folks are going to die. There's going to be unresolved pain and issues. Our family is going to go into eternity. Uh, you know, the circle is, is going to be, you know, disconnected when we get there, and God's going to have to sort things out in the afterlife. But this last week, we were all surprised. The Holy Spirit showed up, and all parties came together in one day. God did in one day, one day, in one moment, one moment. Folks, it was miraculous. And, you know, it just reminded me of how good God is. I can now go home, and my family can get together. I can now go back home, and there's no elephant in the room. Because Jesus stepped in and was good to me personally and was good to us personally. Jesus has to address this poisonous mentality. And he's got to address it, unfortunately, in those that are closest to him. And you see it. 
you, you, you can see it here today. You can be in here, and I've been there. You can be called. You can be serving faithfully. Well, in your heart, there's something that has taken root that begins to poison your heart, begins to rob you of spiritual blessing to the point that your faith no longer lifts your burden, but your faith is now a burden. Your faith is now a burden. You come in, and you think, well, I've got to go to church again. I've got to do this again. And your faith is no longer lifting your burdens and causing this, this lifting in your life, but it has become a liability to you because of this prevailing mindset. And you can see it take shape in people's hearts. And, and, and when, when it's a labor to come into God's house, when, uh, when the appetite for God's word is dried up, uh, when the songs have lost their luster, and, and when the love, their love for Christ has vanished, uh, you can see it when people become alienated from the life of God and there's this negativity that saturates their conversations. You ever been around people like that? This negativity just saturates their conversation. I've been there, so I know what I'm talking about in my own personal life. And it infects their, their interactions with everybody around them. They've stopped sharing in Christ. They have no part in him. They're not sharing in him, like Jesus said. He's just not talking about a common salvation. Jesus says, I've got something I want to share with you. I've got a part for you. I've got an allotment from you. And, and it's yours that if you let this mindset captivate you, you won't share in that. You won't share in that. And, and you can see it because people's faith as I said, it becomes a burden. They, knew, they know deep down what they believed was true, but there's something now in the way. There's something standing in the way, and they can't put their finger on it. They can't articulate it, but it's there. There's something. There's something that the Holy Spirit wants to put his finger on. This place in your heart where you've turned away from the goodness of God. And I want to go to the Word this morning. I want to look at someone that walked very closely with Christ saw his miracles, saw and, and experienced a great, uh, you know, things that we'll never see on this side of eternity, and had to deal with this, had to have an intervention session with Jesus, basically, to deal with this root. And look at with me in John chapter 13, 1 through 10. We're going to read this together. Now, before the Feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart, out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, <clears throat> knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't understand now, but afterwards you're going to understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, and listen to what he says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. You will have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet also, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, 
The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Now, in context, Jesus is spending his last night before the cross with his disciples. It says he loved them to the end. And this was his, his, this was his um, night that he would get together, spend it with them, impart as much as he could to them, ready them for the things that were about to shake their lives and change them forever. And so we have this. There's a lot of things that are happening here. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, in these men's hearts. They don't really know what is happening. They think that this is the greatest thing in the world. Jesus has just ridden into to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. They think that, that, that everything is on the up. They think that everything, they're just about to experience Jesus come into his kingdom, and they're going to be put in positions of power. And so they're, they're arguing over seats at the table. They're arguing over seats of power while Jesus is contemplating the cross. Their minds aren't even where his is. And they lack the, insi- in the insight to see the significance of the moment, the goodness of Christ, that he would pull them aside, pour into them, love on them, as this man is facing execution. Think about that. How many of you would have the wherewithal the night before you went to the gallows to draw people near you, love on them, and minister to them? But that's his heart that he's not even thinking of himself, his last night on earth in that way, in, the, in that ministry. Now, we know he came back, but in this context, his, his mind he's, even isn't on himself. It's about his disciples. It's about them. He's pouring out his heart to them. He's ministering to them. And, but they're caught up in the moment. Who's going to be the top disciples? Who's going to be the top dog? Who's going to be the one that is the leader of everyone? And they're having this discussion, who's first? And then you've got Judas, who at this point, the Bible says, Satan's already entered his heart. So you've got a devil sitting at the table, and the rest of them are fighting over who's going to be the best, who's going to be the number one man. And so that's what's happening. So there's a lot going on. And in the midst of all this is happening, Jesus chooses this time to reveal his heart in a very special way to his disciples. While they're arguing over thrones, Jesus interrupts it all, and he's going to reveal something of himself to them that they had not seen before. And he's going to open up to them his willingness to serve and bless each one of them individually. That's powerful. Think about it. He could have had a team meeting. He could have just talked to all of them collectively, but he chose to take time with each one of them. He chose to take time and to go where each one of them were seated and to look them in the eye and to minister to them and to wash their feet and taking on the role of a servant, as it says here. And John says, Jesus lays aside his outer garments, takes up a towel and a basin, and takes on the role of this servant, and he goes to each one right where they're at and personally ministers to each one of them. Think about this, folks. This is the very heart of God. This is the heart of Jesus Christ. He is a minister. Amen? He's a minister. And he's a personal minister. He comes to where each one of these men are in all of their thinking and all of their, wherever they are, whatever they're going through, whatever they're thinking. He takes the time out in the shadow of the cross to minister life 
and to impart something into each one of them. That's amazing. And we all know the story. Peter resists what Jesus is doing for him. Peter is the one, you know, who, who really will say what everybody else is thinking most of the time. And he just, he's out with it. And, and he asks him, are you washing my feet? Now, the English here doesn't do justice to this. But when you read it in the Greek, as I began to do a bit of digging on this and studying on this, it's a very emphatic protest. This isn't a question. This is, a, this is an indignancy towards Christ. This is something that rises with him, very similar to the time where Jesus was talking about the cross. And the Bible says that, that Peter goes to him, inspired by the enemy, inspired by Satan, grabs Jesus, pulls him out of the, away from the disciples, and rebukes him and says, how dare you talk about the cross? It's that same kind of thing. That same kind of impetuous nature. You know, we have to be careful. Sometimes we think we know better than God on things, right? But this guy thought at times that he knew more than God did. And, and he was impetuous that way. And he was, you know, out of his passions or whatever it was. But there was something here that Jesus needed to address because Jesus, Jesus speaks into it. We'll see this in just a moment. But this should be an all in caps. If this was texted in text language today, it would be an all in caps. Are you washing my feet? That's the way that it would be. But Jesus assures him, Peter, you don't know what I'm doing. But you'll know, you're going to know. There's going to come a day when God's going to show you, when the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life, and you're going to be changed, and you're going to understand exactly what I'm doing here. You don't know now, but you're going to know. And Jesus has touched something in this man. There, 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 he's uncovered something in Peter's thinking that needed to be addressed. Because if you were to look at this, I think it would be comical almost. I, I can see this man squirming in his seat. He's a manly man. He's a fisherman. And the Bible talks about him fishing naked. You know, later on, he said, this guy's like, he's one of those guys, man. He's a manly man. And here comes Jesus, his leader, who he served, who he thinks he will go to the grave for, you know, in his own strength. And Jesus is humbling himself. And he's, and he's locked in on Peter. And I could just see this man squirming. I could just see it. Now, the Bible doesn't say that, but you can kind of get it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for him to think that Christ is going to come and minister to him personally and humble himself and, and pour out and wash and cleanse. And, and he can't deal with the humility of Christ. He can't deal with the humility of Christ. He doesn't know what to do with it. It's almost like, you remember when, when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration? He couldn't deal with the glory, so he just started talking. He got very uncomfortable. And there were times where Peter would just get uncomfortable and do things impetuous. This is another one of those times. He, he can't deal with the humility of Christ. And his heart, that's what's going on. And so this pride rises up in his heart. How, who are you to minister to me like this? Who are you to humble yourself like this and minister to me? And this rises up in him. The graciousness of Christ triggers this man's pride, triggers this, this, this disciple, and, and something very deep just goes off. 
And you can see it in the next verse. He says, you will never wash my feet. Wow. You will never wash my feet. So he's just rejecting this humility, this display, this love, this tenderness, this, this vulnerability even that Christ is showing. He's facing the cross. He has just taken his outer garments off, humbled himself, come to wash this man where he was, met him where he was at, and he's recoiling now. He's recalling away from Christ, there to minister, there to cleansing, being so gracious and so kind, and it sets him off. How dare you? How dare you? What do you who do you think you are humbling yourself, trying to bless me, trying to build me up, trying to show that you love me? Think about it. That's exactly what's going on. Who trying to trying to to you know to to come and just show me this kind of affection and humility? No, never. I'm not going to have it. It's not going to happen. This is not of God. This is all wrong, folks. How many of you know that it was of God and it was all right? That there was something so divine about this moment. There was something that God was God was when Jesus took off that that coat. He was unveiling something. He was showing something of the heart of God. He was, he, was, he was revealing something about the nature of who God is. That it is at the heart of God to give. It is at the heart of God to bless. It is at the heart of God to be good. That that is at the heart of Christ's ministry. And as Peter's recalling in his unbelief, Jesus speaks to this awful root that is growing in the heart of his beloved disciples. And he says this, Peter, if you don't let me be who I am, whom I am meant to be, if you resist my heart to bless, to cleanse, to wash, to minister to you where you are, you won't have any share in me. You won't have any share with me. If you resist who I am and who I'm revealing to be, I'm revealing myself to be, that I want to minister to you personally, that I want to come to you this way, that I want to humble myself and I want to lift you up. I want, you to, put, I want to put you first, Peter. This is, this is my heart. I want to put you there. The King James says, part of me. I like that. You won't have any part of me. The Greek means a part due or assigned to one person or another. In other words, Peter, if you fail to understand my heart to personally bless you, to personally give you what you need, if you miss my heart is to minister to you personally, you will miss out on all your allotment I have for you. That this is the beginning of the entrance of the gospel, understanding the goodness of God. That God wants to do you good. That God wants to prefer you and bless you and to anoint you and to wash you and cleanse you and minister into your life. If you miss that from the heart of God, you, you, you'll miss all that God has for you. You have something from the heart of God that, that is yours specifically. You do, I do. And if you fail to open your heart, if you fail to believe that Jesus has come not to be ministered to, hear that. And that was the gospel, and it's the same way now. It's the heart of God. Jesus says, I've not come to be ministered to, but to minister to you, you're not going to have any share with me of me. Isn't that amazing? 
If you fail to believe, I want to do you good. That my nature is to bless you, to come to where you are sitting and build you up. Then you will, sur- you will sever your chance to have all that I have for you. And Peter's response was as usual. Now it's in the opposite extreme. Okay, Lord, if that's what it means, wash my head, wash my hands, wash my whole body. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. Right? I don't want to miss out. I, 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 I don't want that. I, I want what you want. And you can see the man's heart, but Jesus had to address that. Jesus had to address this, this stubbornness, this thing, this, this, this thing in his heart. And, he, and, and thank God Peter said, I don't want to miss out on my part. I may not understand your heart fully, but I know I don't want to miss out. Isn't that wonderful? And Peter was all over the place. You read this. Jesus, on the other hand, knew this issue needed to be dealt with. And, and this had so much more to do with it than Jesus giving a demonstration on humility and servanthood. You know, we gotta, we've, we've got to not read into the text, but sometimes read past some things and, and, and just what's there. Understand, it's just not, Jesus isn't just giving us a, a, a show of servanthood. That's part of it, but it's the heart of the servant. Why he's doing it, it's the motive behind it, that he's come to bless, he's come to lift up, he's come to encourage. And this is why Paul talks about the church later, that we need to edify one another, that we need to have the same heart one to another, that we need to be tender-hearted one to another, edifying and building one another up in brotherly love, amen? And that's what, it's that motivation. It's that there you are motivation. And it was right after this, he served them the bread and the wine. And there was this personal, intimate time of ministry to each of the disciples, then this demonstration of the cross. So this frames the cross. The heart of Jesus frames the cross. It, it shows us the heart behind the cross. The bread and the wine is there, but why? Because there's a, there's a heart that wants to minister. There's a heart that wants to set free. There's a heart that wants to see you blessed. There's a heart that wants to see you lifted up. There's a heart that wants to see you serving and blessing and, and in fullness and living in joy and peace. There's a heart. The heart of God for you is to minister to you personally and to lift you and build you and strengthen you. That's the heart of God for each and every person. We, we sing about it, that, that, you know, peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's the heart of God, that God's goodness is towards you. And that's really the heart of God for all men and women. And I'll say it again, for the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister. Isn't that wonderful? We love different ministers, don't we? Oh, man, that man blesses me with his preaching. That person blesses me with the way that they have faith. That person blesses me with their acts of service or whatever. But Jesus was a minister. Isn't that wonderful? He was attracted to weakness. He was attracted to pain. He went after where there were bondages. He zeroed in on it. Why? Because that's his nature. Hallelujah. He couldn't stay away from the crippled. He couldn't stay away from the prostitutes. He couldn't stay away from the alcoholics. He couldn't stay away from them. Why? Because it's in his heart to minister. That's the heart of Christ. That's what frames our worship. That's what inspires us to, to believe that God wants to do something in my life personally that is very profound because it's in his nature to do it. He that believeth in God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that it's his heart to bless. 
if you, if, if you and I don't get the giving, the blessing, the goodness of God's nature, we will never, never understand the cross. We'll get, we'll get trapped in terminology around the law, that it was all about the legal requirements, and it was because he was a judge. No, there was a heart of a father behind it that saw a lost people that wanted to bring in sons and daughters into adoption, not just clear you from guilt, but to bring you close and to bless you. After the cross, Peter understood the deep personal loving commitment Christ had for him. After his failure, after he left for the fishing boat, there comes this minister of God's grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, you're going to understand. You're going to understand. And I think it wasn't very long after this that he understood. There he was out on the sea, had left it all. His faith was in shambles. He, was, he had walked away from his faith in Christ and walked, denied him. And, and all of his doubt and fears drove him back to where he was before, where Jesus first met him. And what happens? Jesus, the minister of grace, comes to find him where he's at. Folks, that's the heart of God. If you ever doubt the heart of God, read these passages. Deeply personal. Coming once again to Peter to wash and restore and to bless. He understood then that was his motivation. He understood that he wanted to do him good. He understood that it wasn't about his own strength or his own abilities or his own character or his own giftings or callings. It was because Jesus loved him. It was because he was after that man's heart. And folks, he's after your heart, lest we just relegate this to some past story about a man that walked with Christ. This is about you and I. This is about you and me. That it is in the nature and heart of God to bless. God cannot be other than he is. There's no shadow of turning. That it is, it is flowing out of the very nature of God to give. It, that is who God is. That is who he is that he wants to bless. And, and, and this was one of the most stubborn things that has to die in each of us. This thing that rises up that can't believe that Jesus, out of his kindness, out of his loving graciousness, out of his heart, wants to meet me where I am, wants to come right where I'm sitting, right where I am in my life, and minister cleansing and comfort into my life. And there's a pride that rises. There's a thing that rises is, and, and, and it, it says this, I don't need Christ because I have it all together. I'm strong. I have all I need. And that's an awful place to be. There's a pride that says that. But there's another that's just as bad, the one that says to Christ when he comes to minister and bless, not me, Lord. You'll never minister to me. Who are you to come and minister to me, to bless me, to bless my family? Is there, is there any blessing to be done? It will come from me to you. I'm not going to allow you to meet me here. Jesus says, no, no. Either you drop your guard and your arguments or you won't receive the portion that I have for you. This is my heart for you, is I want to give to you. I want to bless you. I want to strengthen you. I want to pour out my spirit on you. And some of us this afternoon, and it's easy to fall into, are living in that not me syndrome. And you think it's honoring to the Lord. I think we need to switch that around and say, why not me? 
Why not me? Why not my family? Why not my life? If God's no respecter of persons and this is his heart, why not me? Hallelujah. If his heart is towards us and there's no respect in his heart towards any of us, why not me? And, and this kind of false bravado, this kind of thing that denies Christ's heart of ministry for you, it's got to go. And it boils down to you doubting the goodness of God towards you. I'm about to close here, but this is the heart of it. It's easy to think he wants to be good to someone else. You can't believe he's chosen you. You can't believe he wants to be good to you, to bless you. So the gospel wills fall off in your mind because you can't see the gracious nature of Christ towards you. And then when it comes to your personal life, you are the exception to the rule. How many of you ever felt that way? Not me, Jesus. Maybe Pastor Nick. Maybe Pastor Stephen. Maybe this person or that person, but not me. Not me. I, I. I can almost see this tug of war between, between Jesus and Peter. Now, I know it didn't happen physically. But, but in my mind, there was, a, there was a tug of war. It's as if Peter was grabbing the towel and pulling. No, not me. That's mine to do. It's, it's, I, I, I'm the one that's going to bless you. I'm the one that's going to minister to you. I'm the one that's going to do this. And, and there's this tug of war. This is mine. You won't do this. I can't let you bless me like this. I'm well able. I'd rather sit with dirty feet than to watch you bless me and love me like this. Wow. And some of us are in a lifelong tug of war with Christ. You want so much to be blessed. You want so much to enjoy his goodness. But you keep hitting this roadblock. You keep sinking back into this awful place of isolation, clinging to some idea that it's not the heart of God to minister to you. And you've got your hand on his towel. And you won't let him touch you where you need his help. And you're missing out on your part. You're missing out on your part. You're missing out on your part. You know, Peter said later, would write later, he says, these promises that Christ gives us, it, we, are, we become partakers in God's nature. We become partakers of something, of a life, of something that God wants to give us. And we, we, we miss out. We're not partaking in all that God has for us because this sense of rejection that isn't from God. And it's time to open up. This is what the Holy Spirit put on my heart as we're ending, as we're coming to a close. The worship band can come up, but this is it. It's time to open up. It's time to let him bless you to begin to believe that his goodness is for you. And the good news is, is that he desires to minister to you personally right where you are. It's time to throw in the towel. It's time to stop the tug of war. It's time to let God be God in your life. And, and that's just not, you know, I, I know for myself, just my own personal testimony, I, I'd love to hear reproving messages i like to be convicted i like for god to come and i find it really hard when jesus comes with a towel and looks me in the eye and says i just want to bless you him i just want to i just want to do you good <laughs> i want to bless your family like i did this last week 
I want to raise you up. Not because you can give me anything and you've got anything to offer me. It's in my nature because I love you, son. I just want to give it to you. I want to give you the kingdom. Isn't that what Jesus said? It's my Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Folks, it's time to throw in the towel of unbelief. It's time to let it go. Let Christ be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Let Christ be a blessing to you. Let him bless your life. Let, let him give you what he wants to give you, not what you think you deserve, which most of the time is far less than his plan for you. Let go of those expectations and let him be your minister. I wonder what would happen if everyone in Cork Church said, I'm throwing in the towel. That's it. I'm going to open my heart up to the blessing of God. And folks, I'm not talking about prosperity and all that stuff, so don't run away in your mind with that. You know our hearts here. But, but what if it is that? What if God wants to bless you financially? What if he wants to bless you in a way that you hadn't thought of? What if he wants to do things for you that you do not feel worthy of, but it's part of his heart? What if God wants to open the resources of heaven and dump them into your lap? Hallelujah. What if God wants to give, with you, give to you with both hands today? time to throw in the towel and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I'm tired of tug of war. I'm tired of trying to determine and tell you what I deserve. Lord, you give me what you think you want to give me, and I'll be happy with that. God, pour out your grace on me. I think this would be a wonderful prayer as we're closing. I'm going to let Christ minister to me. I'm going to let him pour out of his heavenly basin whatever he desires into my life. Hallelujah. He's coming with his basin to where you're sitting right now. Don't resist it. And I'm going to let him pour out on my life whatever he wants in my life. I'm letting go of the towel. No more tug of war. Father, you've said it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Now I've been resisting this because my focus and mindset has been so narrow and so backwards. It's backwards thinking. I know you have a part for me, something that has been in your heart from eternity past, and that's what I want. I don't want to resist it anymore. I want to open my heart to your goodness. Jesus, I throw in the towel. Wash me with your heavenly spirit. Help me to walk with expectancy, believing you for good things in my life. Isn't that a good prayer? What a, what a way to head into the new year. What a way to face Christmas as we're closing here. I want you to stand with me because I want us to open our hearts up. Hallelujah. How many of you know the Lord needs to reprove that kind of unbelief? Amen. That kind of unbelief that, that, that gets caught up and so self-focused. And open your heart freely to the Lord and say, Father, I'm your son. I'm your son. I know you want to bless. I know you want to give. I know you want to pour into my life. Lord, I want to open my life up to your ministry. Who knows what God will do? Who knows what God will do? Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. We're going to close in prayer in just a moment. But I want us to prepare our hearts as we're going to pray together for the goodness of God to come. Not only chase after you, but to catch you and overtake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I hope you were blessed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thanks for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.